Blog Talk Radio. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Good evening. It's Thursday, September 1st, 2016. Welcome to the Kitty Bella Show. Please go to the webpage at blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Kitty Bella Show. And check out our upcoming episodes as well as our podcasted interviews that are on demand 24-7. The beauty in podcasts is that you don't need to spend time viewing a program. You can listen to the Kitty Bella Show while doing laundry, going for a walk, working out, getting out of your head while trying to study for exams or anything else. And, of course, while you're driving with a hands-free device, I hope. Please utilize social media during the show. If you like something you hear or you want to make a comment about what's happening, please do so using the hashtag the Kitty Bella Show. If via social media is not your cup of tea, join us via telephonic instruments at 646. I got a new number. I got to get used to this shit. 787-8567. All we ask is that you're in a quiet place and have your volume turned up. We'll be taking phone calls tonight. Please call us. You can listen to the show from the phone as well. This is a groundbreaking show on Block Talk Radio. Welcome to our fourth quote-unquote season or installment of the Kitty Bella Show. This show was started, for those of you who don't know, in January 2014 after I got tired of hearing the basic-ass interviews of my trans peeps in mainstream media. We discuss all kinds of issues here, from the mundane to the serious, and we try to go beyond sensational issues and discuss the real issues that occur in trans people's lives. We will discuss all aspects of our guest lives. We are so much more than our genitalia. Sometimes our gender is strawberry cosmopolitan. And sometimes our gender is a cup of Hennessy. Ow. For many trans folk, being trans is sometimes just a small portion of our lives. Many of us struggle with the same day-to-day issues that many other Americans face from figuring out how to pay rent on time to annoying-ass coworkers and bosses to unfaithful partners and lovers. Mm-hmm. Our lives are a myriad of issues. And the Kitty Bella Show believes it is vital that we tell our narratives in such a way. Many of us have persevered despite daily oppression. Trans folk are everywhere. 
Black trans lives matter. Black trans lives are black lives. The fact is, I'm not even supposed to be here. A black trans woman producing and hosting a radio program online? So for me, just being in this space is an act of revolution. But I often find myself asking, how do we push the agenda forward? How do we continuously elevate the conversation while honoring our ancestors in rich history? So, yes, Kitty Bella is back. I took a much-needed break from the show, from social media, and just from many things in general. During this time, I entered a romantic relationship that I had been involved with for three years. I traveled and found my love of writing and creating content again. I believe it's really important for us to sometimes just unplug from the world and just focus on self. We often take in so much information, so much trauma, so much sensory, quote-unquote, noise. I like to call it noise. We often forget what it is we're here focused on to begin with. I'm proud to share that I've started taking steps to complete my memoir, which I hope to share with you all this fall. However, I'm not putting pressure on myself. If it's not ready or I don't finish, that is okay, too. Sometimes we just need to just be. And I'm so happy to be back doing this show. Oh, my God, can I get an owl? Ow. Where's my owl? Right. <laughs> I miss my sound effects. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, thank you for so many of you. Um, Where am I at? Oh, yes, I'm so happy to do the show. I love being in this love space. Yes, I have prepared notes. Um, and we have such a wonderful conduit for so many people who have so many voices, and I love everything about this show. We all have a voice. Shout out to all of you who have checked in on me, asked me when is the podcast coming back, and told me how much it means to you. It really means a lot to me. As a black trans woman, it means so much to me to know that I'm creating content that serves a useful purpose to so many people. We are leading our own narrative. Don't let the fucking media fool you. And I would also like to give a special shout out. Oh, I'm getting hot. Oh, I was sipping on some stuff. I was going to be in here and be cold. Oof, got to take off my jacket. Girl, getting the flashes. All right. I like to give a special shout out to artist Sydney Chase. She gave us that new show opening. Oh, my God. I don't have a bomb. I need a bomb for her. I ain't got no bomb. I got to find some bombs. Y'all know I love my bomb. Um, that was dope. Please, please check out Sydney's work. She has a Facebook page. You can support her music at soundcloud.com forward slash Sydney Chase forward slash. That's S-I-D-N-E-Y-C-H-A-C-E. Before I begin, I would like to send a happy birthday shout out to one of our ancestors, one of our iconic freedom fighters, Marsha Pay It No Mind Johnson. Last Thursday, our goddess queen sister, would have celebrated her 71st Earth return, 71 years old. Wow. Just think for a second what that means as a trans person of color. How can one imagine a life at 71 years old when there's not many examples of trans people making it past the age of 35? I would love to live in a world and imagine a world where trans people of color make it to 71. And not just make it to 71, but are thriving at 71. 
Marsha, born in Elizabeth, New Jersey, a place that I have resided in for the last several years, was on the front line of the Stonewall Rebellion. Along with her fellow goddess queen sister, Sylvia Rivera, they co-founded STAR, Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, a safe haven for many young drag queens, trans youth, and homeless queer youth. Happy birthday, Marsha. And shout out to Raina Gossett, who has co-directed the documentary titled Happy Birthday, Marsha. I look forward to that release as well. So to today's show, today I am welcoming Samantha Jo Gatto from Philly. The self-proclaimed sassy fireball is an accomplished writer, makeup artist, and coordinator. Sammy Jo has coordinated the Philly Trans Health Conference in Philly for the last three years. She has become a role model, leader, big sister, and support system to so many people who struggle with intersecting life issues. Sammy is also part of the leadership team, which encompasses the Trans Women of Color Collective, which I'm a part of. I know Sammy personally and have been affected positively by her support of my work, her support of my own leadership, and the support she does countlessly without fanfare in the community. She is truly a phenomenal woman. Sammy also knows she is not perfect. None of us are. And we are here today to discuss her smashing debut book, Shattered Perfect. Oh, my God, yes. Shattered Perfect, which was released through Hope 20 Publications, which Sammy is a co-founder of that publishing company, is her debut literary work. You can go to barnesandnobles.com and purchase your two copies. Sammy is here to discuss the many intersecting layers of her life revealed in her book, as well as the many hot topic issues within the LGBT and greater trans community. We are going to get it popping, y'all. So make sure you call in at 646-787-8567. That is the number. Sammy Joe will be taking calls. Without further ado, I would like to welcome... Sammy? Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm getting... I am so good. I'm still recovering with my voice, but I'm like so well. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. We were supposed to do this interview last week, for those of you who don't know, but Sammy needed some more time to recover, and we honor that. We were just... We wanted you to be in such a good space for this interview. How are you feeling? How's everything going? I am feeling good. I have this raspy, like, kind of Tony Braxton, Sade thing going on. So it's kind of sexy. I'm loving it. How are you? (laughs) I hear that. I am well. I am well. Oh, my God. So let's just get right to it. Um, As I told you, we are going to discuss Shattered Perfect. I have my copy here with me. I hope you have yours with you. Yes, so we are going to dig in. I wrote in. the book, so I know oh it. Okay, okay, okay. That's not a problem. Um, I just want to know. We're going to start off. I want to know. Tell us, um, what was the inspiration behind Shattered Perfect? So Shattered Perfect was basically a crossroad of like me thinking or believing or striving for what we consider perfect or what we consider normal. And then, like, striving for it, and then my whole world falling apart, like, which Mm. it kind of does often, not because 
of anything bad, but because of the fact that when you start to rebirth yourself, you find yourself anew. And sometimes you have to go into infantile stages to get to that. So Shattered Perfect definitely discusses all of those things. Yes, yes. Um, I know you dedicated your book, Sammy, to your Nana. Can you tell our audience what your Nana meant to you? Oh, my gosh. So my Nana was my safe place, right? She was the strongest, blackest woman who gracefully did everything possible and always did it with a smile, She always, like, knew how to love perfectly. She had the best quotes. She knew when you needed a hug and when you needed tough discipline. So my grandmom is really, really important to me. She means so much to me. Um, She's still here with us, um, still holding down the household. I have maybe 23 uh, cousins, and everyone has been through that household. So she's the matriarchy of our family. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. You had went out for a second, but I got you now. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, that's so amazing. Like, can you tell us, as a trans woman, um, that dynamic of having your grandmother still around? Because um, I can't relate to that. My grandmother died when my mother was 12, I believe. And so I have never had that. Uh, great paternal relationship either on my mother's or my father's side and it's a relationship I have always sort of longed for and so I'm just curious how that dynamic has played out in your life. The dynamic was amazing because like uh, in the book it shares with you and it tells you like the hiccups or the struggles me and my mom went through with transitioning on her job and all of the other layers. My grandmother was the one who was who didn't say much but said enough to keep me pushing for something that I believed in. Like, she knew the certain look or the certain gesture, and she's always been accepting and inviting. So that was really great to have, like, her support and her love, like, unconditionally, and she still has not changed. That is one person who remains the same, like, for my forever. So it's really great. Um to have some family, especially someone who, like, started before you to be able to take care of you and, like, shelter you and protect you. So it's really amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. I, God, I, I really hate jumping right into this, but I sort of did pose my No, jump. Like Let's jump. Oh, my God. I don't want to jump into something so heavy. Why did I put my questions like this? I'm so stupid. All right. I'm, we're going to go into it. Fuck it. We're going to go into it. All right. You talk about some heavy themes in this book, Sammy. You know what I'm talking about. You talk about some heavy yeah, shit. I read your book. I do. You know, I don't, I I don't do no fake-ass interviews. Yes, I don't do no fake interviews. Like, I read the books, I go through everything, and I like to really dig in. Okay, so on page six, like, you go right in for it. You do not hold back. I was reading. I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. I'm reading the book. I get to page six. I'm like, girl. Like, you just, you was like, we're going to go in. I was like, okay. So let's go. Um, you, this is. Okay. <laughs> this is what it's for, right? You immediately dive into some heavy topics. You discuss sexual violence that was enacted on you as a child. I'm going to read that passage, and let's talk about it. It was on page six or seven. Um, anybody okay. who has triggers regarding sexual violence, I should have gave a trigger warning. There will be discussions of abuse and trigger 
uh, excuse me, abuse and uh, partner and sexual violence during this conversation tonight. If it's a trigger for you, just please know that we will be talking about that. Okay. I needed help after being molested by a family friend who was a teenage at the time. Our moms used to hang out a lot, and he was always told to watch me when they were drinking together. Little did they know he was watching me, all right, watching me self-destruct because of the sexual abuse he injected into my innocence with acts of homosexual adult-like lovemaking. I was performing these acts before I knew what the birds and the bees were or even knew how to pee straight. Sworn never to tell anyone, I was called over and over for about four long and lonely years. I helped my pedophile explore his sexual development and fetishes. I endured repeated anal tears, water sports, and many other sexual acts that I had no ability to consent to. I bet you're thinking, how did this last so long and no one ever knew? I had turned off the idea that it was wrong and began to cope with the abuse by believing it was just normal for a teenage boy to be doing this. I never asked the question of where. My femininity was coming from, or was someone or something happening to me? I was just told to stop being gay. Over and over, I heard, you're a boy. Men don't act like that. As time continued, I developed attractions to other boys in my grade and that I shared space with. However, I always remember to never tell anyone because I knew that they would never understand what I was feeling. Oh, my God. Hi. Can we? (laughs) Right. Right. Can we talk about that? Like, just <laughs> go ahead. So can we talk about when I wrote this passage? Um, if anyone knows me, they know that my mouth is uncensored. I give zero fucks about your feelings. I don't control feelings. And I told right. a story that's true. Why I told it um, the way that I did or why it, it, it hit paper and print the way that it did is because not only are people suffering, are so many people suffering from molestation and abuse at early ages, like not only am I a survivor, but to wake up parents, to wake up black family, and to realize that, like, this is happening. And no matter if you're ignoring it or not, like, you have to, and you will be accountable for this. Like, all of yes. this that's going on is um, real, like, being a survivor of molestation and all of these other things, they affect all of us. They affect the family. They can break and divide families. And everyone wants to dance around it. I don't do dancing. Like, not, that's not what I do. So, like, if we're going to talk about it, just like this show, and this is why this is my first interview, because of the fact that we talk about real-life things, and that's why I'm here, like, I want to put on the shelves real-life experiences from people of color. Yes, absolutely. Can we, like, really just talk about the fact that oftentimes because of the toxic sort of homophobia and uh, patriarchy that goes on in families, that we tend to encounter the shame and guilt, and that in turn leads to folks not, confiding in others when they've been abused and how that gets mixed up in gender and in, in, in sexuality and how all that gets conflated under shame and, and guilt. You know what I'm saying? Like when I read that passage, I was like, 
wow, it seems like Sammy really wants to share what happened, but she's being shamed and guilted so much that she had, there's no, there's no, there's no safe space for her. And this is true. It's so often because um, our families, like a lot of people deal with sexual abuse and trauma, and a lot of people don't tell you that they're survivors as well. And because you survive, if you learn nothing else, that you are the answer to stop a predator from praying. Like you are, like no matter what you've been through, no matter what, like help is definitely something that's needed. And if it's something that you don't want other people to go through, then you have to step up and do something. And I think so many people um, don't do anything because of the fact that they don't know what to do or because it's so close to home that, um, it leaves them in a state of shock or it takes so much life out of them. But sometimes when you have an innocent child and your job is to protect them, by all means necessary, that is what needs to happen. And you parents nowadays, this is your duty to protect and raise children upright. And this is something that you have to protect them from. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, Wow. I see that we have a few callers. I just want to shout out our callers. I see you, Sammy. They are Hi, turning callers. up for you. Hi, yes, they are. Thank you. <laughs> they are in the building. We will be taking phone calls soon. Um, on page 22, you allude to something very interesting that I believe many LGBT, LGBT people often face. Let me get to it. We are often fighting off others, but who is for us? Yes. Let's read that passage and discuss. Okay. We all know uh, We all know every family has their own dysfunctions and secrets. I could put together a heartfelt compassion, ask for permission to my family. But if you know me, you know I ask for forgiveness, not permission. So I'm unapologetically going to write my lived experiences and tell the version that has now made me understood love, respected, and value in the dotto tree of life. I am better than y'all. I am the light-skinned cute one, is what I told my siblings and other family members in my age range. Why say such hurtful things that made people feel bad about themselves? The answer, because they did it to me. I had always been the gay one, the faggot. And as much I heard that two wrongs don't make it right. I never applied it to those experiences. What you did to me, I did back to you. As you can begin to see, there is an ongoing pattern of verbal assaults that have kept chasing me and showing up in every area of my life. As I begin to find love within myself, I start to affirm it and make others aware of my self-love. Many call it conceited and stuck up, and at times it made me feel bad to turn into the same ugly humans that were assaulting me by putting people down. But damn, where were my protectors? the people who were supposed to stand up for me, the people that were supposed to stop the bullies and the people from laughing at me because my voice was so high-pitched, where were they when I was being tormented because of the fact that I loved Barbie dolls and never played with trucks or guns? The adults in my life were busy facing their own trials, tribulations, and demons from what that nasty evil thing called life had dished out to them. I think I was just in their way. So for many reasons, I always felt like adults were selfish and would never miss me if I were gone. <sighs> Can we really just 
Can we really just talk about that? Yes, I stray to that passage. Um, Wow. Right. Like, I just, I really want us to really break down, like, that, oh, my God. Like, go ahead, Tammy. (laughs) So when we break down this passage, right, um, and I'm going to talk past, present, and future, Okay. As a child, these are things, these are nasty, evil things that I taught. These are defense mechanisms that I created for me to be safe, right? And in creating these, like, defense mechanisms, these, like, light-skinned, dark-skinned characteristics, these, like, flamboyant ways, like, these defense, uh, defensive antics for who and how I show up. These things are still happening, and you touched on our community. We come from so many places, and we have to check ourselves so often about how we show up and how many things are carrying over with us, how much hurt and pain are the activists of today dealing with, and they don't even see it as hurt and pain because I once was a person that still has to check my privilege. I still have to check not only the privilege that I have, but I also have to check the trauma that I come with. And a lot of us leaders in this community don't check the trauma that we come with and find out how it lands for other people. Growing up, I was able to have conversations with my mom, and I was able to have conversations with people that loved me and told me the things that I was doing was hurting them. And from hurting them, I didn't want to do that anymore. But I had to also release the fact that I was hurting as well. So once you, like, start to dig iceberg deep, like, there's so much more that has to be dealt with. And that is how come I can say today that my family is healthy and we love each other because of the fact that we started to deal with the things that could be, could happen, the things that did happen, and we continue to apply love and remember how it happens. It's such an ongoing conditioning and nurturing, and a lot of people just think, oh, I got it, I'm fine, and that's not true. So, like, I think that is what the message is right now for today to check your privilege and to definitely check your trauma. Oh my God! I wish I had some bombs I could set off right now. I need some bombs. Somebody <laughs> send me some bombs. <laughs> because I feel like Sammy, we need the bombs back. Because I feel like Sammy, like that is such, especially nowadays, especially what's going on in the community. There is a lot of us walking around with trauma and baggage unchecked. Too many people so who. True acting like they have it all together and you really don't. Like, it's okay. It's okay to admit you are hurting. It's okay to admit that you are suffering. It is okay. And I say that because I know on page 24, a few pages after that passage we just read, you go on to talk about growing up, my family talked about everything, but their feelings or fears. So I never had conversations about emotions or the things happening in my world. Many memories of my childhood, I remember my Nana being superhero. For some reason, she loved me, failures and all. She asked how my day was, what my plans were, and other things that made me feel just a little human. I'm proud to say I wasn't one of the grandkids. My sweetie weedy, as I would call her, had trouble remembering their name. It was never, child, what's your name? Come over here. It was always, come here, Sammy. And that still makes my heart melt inside. 
my chest because yeah. of the pure distension and acknowledging of my existence as a person. Like, I think a lot of times in our families, we don't, like, we don't acknowledge the pain. We don't have those conversations. Even as black trans women with each other, we don't say to each other enough, sis, I am hurting. Sis, this is what's going on. Sis, I'm in pain. We're always, girl, oh, when we going to get the next pocketbook? When we going to get the next coin? And it's like, it's okay to admit that we're going through shit. You know what? And that is so true, goddess. Like, one of the things is that, and I'm going to definitely take it here, nonprofits, black people, everyone definitely looks for the happy, but there's so much more work to be done. Yes, I'm like, yes, our family, like, my family was amazing. Like, if you looked at it from the outside looking in, they're like, how could you go through all this? It was so perfect. Your mom worked. We had definitely designer clothes. We had a great house. We ate. We weren't hungry. We had the same phone number forever. The lights were never off. But there was still much, much, much more work that needed to be done. And the reality is if we only sit in the happy place, then we will never, ever be competent enough to continue to heal holistically. And it's more work to be done. It's much more polishing, much more grooming, much more stripping down to get there. And so many people aren't willing to do that work. And that is why Mm. we're at the places that we're at. Because it's a lot of work. You reveal a lot of ugly, not only about yourself, but about people that you love. And that sometimes um, is hard to bear. Oh, my God. I think it's time to take a phone call. What do you say, Sammy? I'm ready. Let's talk to the people. Hi, people. (laughs) Hi, people. So what we're going to do is I'm going to say the last four. If you want to talk, then start talking. That means you're live on the air. If not, then don't say shit, and we'll keep it moving. (laughs) So the last – oh, I think that might be my cousin. I don't know if she wants to talk. (laughs) I think that might be her. Um, the last four is zero three eight six zero three eight six. Hello, you're live on the Kitty Bella Show. Hello, zero three eight six. I don't think they want to talk. I don't think so either. Okay, so we're gonna move on. Oops. Can I get them off? Let's turn them off because I don't want them to still be on. All right, the next four is 4776. The last four is 4776. Hi, you're on the Kitty Bella Show. Hi, Kitty. Hello, Sammy. How are you? Hi, Goddess. How are you? How are you? I'm good. Who is this? This is Sharon Cooks. (laughs) Hi, the Philadelphia Delegate Trans Woman. Yes, I know Sharon. In the Philadelphia building. Who yes. came back from Pittsburgh. I'm glad you made it back home safely. Thank you so right. much. Right. Wasn't she I, in? Right. You were in Washington, right? Um, I Pittsburgh. went to Pittsburgh um, for uh, the White House Equality Pennsylvania non-discrimination um, legislation, right. uh, kind of sort of activism advocacy. And I saw on Facebook that you were doing a show, and I saw that. Um, Sammy had posted the number, so I just wanted to call in, and I think that we just need to 
I'm all about like, you know, unity and supporting one another. And I just wanted to call in and I just wanted to show my support for my fellow trans sisters. Um, I really mm-hmm. didn't have a question. I just wanted to, you know, to okay. let me know how proud I was of her and all of Aww. the work that she's done in Philadelphia and how proud I am of her, um, of always keeping her head high, because as she said, and as she stated in her book and on the show, you know, it is very challenging. There's a lot of microaggressions that we um, deal with on a daily basis. It's particularly working in, you know, the advocacy and activacy and nonprofit organizations. Um, and she has done a stellar job at, you know, keeping her head held high. And I just wanted to um, let you know that I really, really support you. Um, and if there's anything that you ever need, you always know that I'm here for you. Um, and just really just acknowledge the work that you've been doing in our community. Um, and, yeah. And I just wanted, you know, to Aww. thank you for having you on and for Thank having you this show, so um, I just want you know I like to acknowledge you know the work that people are doing, and the fact that you know Kitty, you have a show that is you know has a platform for not only your voice to be heard, but for other voices to be heard as well. Absolutely, Thank absolutely. You so much. Thank you. You're welcome, baby. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you more. <laughs> Thank you for that. Oh my God, that was amazing. Thank you, Sharon. Oh my God, Sammy. Um, yes. Sharon. Yes, that was amazing. Uh, Sharon touched on um, something really interesting that I hope you can elaborate about. You recently have left your position. I can share this, right? I'm. I'm it's of not. Course. It's public knowledge, but. Um, yeah. You know, I want to make sure I'm not overstepping boundaries. You recently left your position um, in nonprofit, and there was a lot going on. Can you tell, without, like, going into too much of the craziness about it, unless you want to. Well, let's go into it. <laughs> but, actually, um, I did not, ow, I ow, actually did ow. not leave. I was fired for insubordination. Um, I have been um, publicly... <laughs> Um, I have been definitely talking to them about um, their accountability. Like, they praise themselves for having trans women in nonprofits, but they're not doing the work that needs to be done for them to um, actually be a five-star, trans-affirming, competent place. And in that, when you ruffle feathers, uh, your days are numbered. Um, it did not align, align with me um, holistically. My spirit wasn't happy there. Um, I did an amazing job with a conference that um, hit, it, hit the targeted populations of trans women of color. It hit uh, West Coast. Shout out to all of the people online in the West Coast. It did all of the things. Yeah, shout out. It still was not... Um, rewarding enough for them to understand what their part or their accountability was. Um, we, we learned. I'm, I have no regrets. Um, I did a lot of growing there as well, but um, this isn't a one-sided relationship. You won't tell me what to do, but then you not check yourself and work on your things or the things I need to work as an agency for nonprofit. And that is tokenizing. And I was feeling tokenized and used, and that feeling did not sit or feel well with me. So 
we had to break, and they broke up with me before I broke up with them, child. But we on, we good. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's very important, I think, in this nonprofit complex. Uh, I don't have much experience dealing with it, but I know that I often hear the girls just talk about feeling depleted and not feeling uh, rewarded in the work, and especially as trans women of color, that is is just is just abysmal to me how folks are just treated as tokens. Can you just talk about that a little bit? I want to tell you, like, uh, tokenizing is something that, first of all, any ally who's an ally, because you're an ally, you have to continue to be an ally. This community, this uh, movement is forever changing. And because you are an ally in 1986 or 1996, does not mean in 2016 that you're the same thorough ally that, you know what I mean, is for the cause. The movement changes, and you have to stay abreast of that. So any allies and any people who are, like, supporting us, I need you to do the work to be not only, like, a great ally, but to be productive and to show up in the holistic, healthy ways that we need you to. Like, you can't live off of fame and reputation all of the time. And, like, tokenizing is a problem, like, in nonprofit industrial complex, it's a problem. Like, you can't continue to, like, just tokenize and, like, keep using us on your, like, websites and all over your news reports and then, like, just putting us in the front, but you make all the decisions. No, like, I did the work. I made the decision. It's my thing. Why it was me. Like, I don't need you to stand in my way and then take the bow from me. No. So, like, it's a lot of that going on. So these nonprofits need to get their shit together. They do. And to go back to what we were talking about before we uh, took our phone calls, I really I really want to get back to that point in the passage you were talking about, and this alludes to just what we just talked about with the nonprofits. Like, who's fighting for trans women of color? Who's Who's stepping up for us? Who's advocating for us? Like, what is that about? Why are we always constantly having to, to feel like we're begging for people to step up? I'm not begging nobody for shit. So, you know what? Like, can we it's really so just funny talk that about you that, say that. Goddess, it's so funny you say that, and that's so true. Like, first of all, let's talk about how my strength is what allured you and what you liked and respected. But then when I when it's applied on you, you want to water it down. Like, that's erasure. You mm. can't do that to us. And the mm. problem is, it's like, okay. oh, we love that you're loud. We love that you're boisterous. But then when I got to check you, homie, it's a problem. You get what I'm saying? Like, take the check. Right. Definitely understand the check came with love because of the fact that it was with love. You should apply it, learn from it, and we can continue to grow. Like, I think sometimes you can hit somebody with a car and they won't jump back up. Like, they're laying there flat, and that's the reality of it. Like, we can't continue to, like, allow people to not support us. Get out of my life, out of my way, if you're not going to be able to support me in a holistic way. And a lot of people who are our allies don't. And, like, I'm not calling any names or anybody, but, like, as a trans woman of color, I have no support after being term-fired from a job that, like, I took to its highest percentage of people of color. 
like I still feel alone. And that's not an empty feeling that's coming from me. It's the fact that I don't get any phone calls. Like there's barely any text messages. Everyone's just back to their normal life and doing what they do. And this is how us trans women feel tokenized, feel used, feel like we gave all to this. And then like there's nothing else in return for it. So that's a real thing. And when you say that, I think about all the other aspects of our lives and how that's juxtaposed to how the trade sees us and that's juxtaposed to how family members sees us and that's juxtaposed to how society and these nonprofit organizations sees us and to how the police sees us and to how society and how cis women sees us. And it's always, it feels like we're always like battling this trope of, of being tokenized and being um, just fetishized. It, it gets, and it's tiring. I'm tired. <laughs> not only is it just tiresome, yeah, like not only is it just tiresome, it then labels you as angry or like bitter and like right. it's not right. a bitterness. Like I get to celebrate and hang out with trans women all day long, but like the struggle is is it is heightened so much because of the sensitivity of our lives. This is not just something we can put down. It's a choice that we look in the mirror every day and remember that we need. Like, we made this choice. And we're not asking anyone to pat our backs or, like, give us a round of applause for living in our truth. But because of the fact that it's such a hypersensitive sensitivity to our life, and we are being stabbed from within so often, from within the black community, from within the nonprofit, from within the men that we love, like, everyone is stabbing and killing us that this is real. Like, yes, we have to be guarded. Yes, we have to be aware and awake. And all of these things are true. Like the same woman that you're sitting having lunch with really doesn't respect you as a woman and will call you a man to her, her, her fellow cisgender women. The same man you're laying in bed with is the same man who may wrap his hands around your neck and kill you. You know what I mean? So, like, Mm, these are the things that are, like, real so, yes, we're hypersensitive, and no, we are not angry. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, before we get into another phone call, I see you phone callers. We're going to take some more phone calls. Um, I want to read a passage from page 26. You talk about your first interaction. Um, you talk about your first interaction with a family member who was gay and or femme, and I resonated with that. Because when you talked about how your family told you, well, we're going to read it and we'll get into it on the song. I only saw my cousin when we visited her grandparents' house at the same time. Her granddad was the brother of my late grandfather, Sam, whom I was named after. At that house was where I think I met my first trans person. Of course, I didn't know it at the time, nor did I have access to language about trans or gender nonconforming people. I had this one uncle, Uncle Barnes. He would sit on the porch drinking a beer with curls in his hair, his legs crossed, smoking a cigarette. We used to play in the courtyard while the grown folks were playing cards, drinking, recapping their week and on being social. All I remember about Uncle Barnes was that they said to stay away from him. 
Why they told me that, I never knew or cared. I was too busy having fun with my cousins who I wanted to be my sisters. I never wanted them to leave whenever they were around. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because when I read that, that resonated with me. I was like, what is going on? Like, I grew up in that, that kind of whole trope of you see someone gay and it was stay away from them. Don't be like them. Why do you think some, um, say, black families, you know, not all, but why do some black families do this kind of shaming to their kids? Oh, wow. This kind of, like, you know how deep this can go, right? Like, let's talk about right. let's go. The, the layers. Yeah. Let's talk about the layers of insecurity, the layer of mistrust. Let's talk about how, like, the black man is not respected or appreciated in the black home. How the government sets us up to, like, have Section 8 and take the black man out of the home and be a single family raising your child, but then still taking money right. from them. So there's so many layers to this, right? Um, my uncle, like, I didn't know very I, I didn't know at all. I just knew that, like, when I started to identify as a trans woman of color, I started to look at some of the characteristics and the things, but it was so taboo for us to um, uh, please or even remember or accept the gay person or the trans person. And that is um, the black family's fault. Like, you choose not to, like, get to know your child. You choose to throw them out and they have to take care of themselves. You, You choose to follow a religion or a belief that was put inside of your family that then discards people that you love that carry your same bloodline. So the shame is on you, the black family that does this. Like the reality is, is that we can accept the, the 15 year old with the baby. We can accept the, the man who was incarcerated, but when you're gay or you're trans, then you're like couch surfing and you have to learn how to survive. Where would I be if I was able to live comfortably and raise and go to school and educate myself? I don't think I would have the street smarts that I do. So shout out to those with the street smarts. But, like, it is the black family, and we have to hold ourselves accountable, and we also have to seek change. We have to be the change that we seek, and this is important to us now. Absolutely, absolutely. Um Wow, yeah. There's nothing for me to add on to that. Um, I'm going to take a phone call because they are popping. The lines are popping, Sammy. Let's go for it. (laughs) It's the last four. Yes, it's the last four. It's 3209. 3209. Hello, you're on the Kitty Bella Show Live. Popping, Sammy. Let's go for it. Oh, turn down your turn down your um your um computer. We can hear you. You're live. Three two zero nine. Zero nine. Hello. The Kitty Bella Show live. Do I talk? Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I turn down the volume when I talk. <laughs> I'm live. Oh you my are God, live. How are you? Okay. I'm 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 just so happy to be a part of the show. I'm just feeling like this is surreal because I didn't think I'd be able to get on considering I totally misunderstood all these phone numbers, but I'm on and I feel suddenly now that my question has no relevance and I'm sorry for that. (laughs) I thought it it really sounded good in my head, but now it's like this is really not 
All right, so the question I have is, hello, by the way. It's it's just an honor to be on the show and to be able to connect with you. Um, Absolutely. And I just wanted to ask how you think uh, your experience of the unconditional love that you experienced with your nana. Did you say nana? Yes, my nana. Yes, your nana uh, in your childhood impacts you now. You know, because uh, you know, as as a as a trans woman of color in this present climate of violence, how do you mm. what do you think it gives you? Oh wow, thank you. That is such a good question. Um I am realizing my worth and I'm realizing that um I am becoming an elder in this community or a second uh-huh. generation of mm-hmm. elders that I get to uh, watch, witness, and lead by example. So my grandmother, like, was a tough love kind of woman. She didn't take no shit, like, from nobody. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, I am, and I, I have some family members of mine that extended family are here. They know I'm a tough love, like, get in your face, tell you about your shit, but still make sure you got dinner and make sure that you know the next steps, right? So, like, <laughs> I think that that resonates over into me. And um, I don't know it all. Like, a couple of my family members think that I know it all. But I got to know something because your ass keep coming back to ask me the same <laughs> questions when something's happening. You know I'm going to get the answer. So I think that... Um, I would love to be, like, take all of the greatness that my grandmother gave and apply it to to this 2016 world of extended family and my mm-hmm. soon-to-be family and all of those things. So thank you. Oh. Like, I hope that I'm doing it well. <laughs> it sounds like you are because I'm inspired just listening, and I'm, and I'm just so happy that your book is out, and I will be getting a copy. I just wanted you to know that. Awesome. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you so much for your phone okay. call. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now. Yes, you can purchase Sammy's book at hopeafter20.com or at barnesandnoble.com, just to put that out there. <laughs> yes, shout out to a black-owned yes. and operated business. Hope After 20 is owned and operated. Um, yes, service. can we talk about that? Of course. We always have time to talk about the plug. Let's talk about the plug. So uh, my business partner and my soulmate, Cashmere Harper, is the uh, uh, original founder and the co-owner of Hope After 20 with me. Hope After 20 is what we need. It is what we deserve. Mm. We need to be on the Mm. shelves. When you Google lesbian books, there's a bunch of, like, white women with white hair, little bob, white coming up, like, or, like, when you Why? Google, like, trans women, like, um, Why? some popular people that come up who have very great careers. And the thing is, is that their experiences are all great, but there are so many other experiences that need to be heard. They need to be experienced, right. like, colleges, right. dorms, like, people are right. looking for this information. And, like, let's yeah. stop going behind the scenes to get information and recreating it where we can put it right here in your face so that you can now not have to do extra work for what the next chapter of life is going to bring for our community. So Hope After 20 definitely caters to people of color from the LGBTQIA perspective who are willing to write and tell any kind of story that they want. We want you on the shelves. We want you and your work to be visible. We want you to um, 
leave something for the next generation to be able to come over, whether it's a cookbook, whether it's a memoir, whether it's uh, sci-fi, whether it's fiction, like all of those things, like that is what we do, and we support you like all of the way. We manage, we consult, we talk about promoting and publishing, and our authors are the people who continue to make this brand possible all of our authors have something to say, sometimes too much to say. But shout out to all of the published Ooh. authors and the authors <laughs> we're working with now um, that always have something to say that keeps Hope After 20 abreast. This is our business. Um, we're just the owners of it, and we're excited to keep it working and doing what it does. So Hope After 20 is definitely, definitely thriving at the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm so excited for everything that's going on with your book and with Hope After 20. And we need more investment in black, this black-owned trans businesses, black LGBT businesses. Our narrative <laughs> stories need to be told by us. By us. Right. And that is exactly what needs to happen. We need to tell this. We don't need you to write it down and then you write it in your dissertation and you present it to your white colleagues and your white classmates. Get us to hell in here and book us and let us tell our own stories and our own narratives. Um, We are definitely taking speaking engagements, so shout out for all speaking engagements. Definitely check out Hope After 20 if you want to book any of us. Um, Oh, but it's time for us to definitely, like, take precedence of, over our own body and our own stories. And, like, you don't get to tell my story without my permission or consent because I can tell it myself. Absolutely. So I want to move into the next few pages that I, I have here. And it's going to okay. get a little heavy. Um, you discuss intimate partner violence. Again, trigger warning. We're going to talk about intimate partner violence right now. I'm going to read a passage. It may trigger, so just be forewarned. Um, many of us keep quiet about it. So I'm going to read this passage and we'll talk about it. I found myself in another intimate partner violence situation that have shown up in every way. Slapping, hitting, punching, pushing, hair pulling, reckless driving, grabbing, biting, hitting with objects, striking, arm twisting, choking, physical restraint, shoving, burning, slapping, kicking, and verbal abuse in the forms of mind games, twisted words, and many other emerging ways one delivers abuse. But through it all, I have always found it to be not acceptable no matter what. It may have taken a couple of months or a couple of years to identify it and make my plan to get out, I begin to live by the rule. I will not accept any type of abuse. I have lived by that personal statement ever since. I feel like, Sandy, wow. this is something that we, right, like can we really talk about it? Because I feel like this is something that is a heavy topic right now in our community, but also I just feel like folks don't, don't like to acknowledge that they've been abused, um, they're scared, they're fearful of their lives, they're fearful of the police, there's so many other different factors that go on. And then there's also this, there's people who do abusing and don't like to actually be called out on it and don't actually like to admit it. So can like we really just, really just break down this abuse 
So first of all, let me tell you something, and I want to uh, totally, totally share. Um, hurt people hurt people. Not only have I been abused, I have abused some people in my relationships or previous mm. relationships, whether it be verbal, mm. whether it be uh, – because I can cut you up verbally. It could be sometimes physical. Like, I'm not a, I'm, I do not uh, run around punching and hitting and kicking and biting and doing things. But, like, we have had some heated arguments, um, some twisted right. mind games, some, all of those things. All of those are abusive, abusive tactics. The thing about abuse is, is that when someone tells you that they're, you're abusing them, you do not get to say, no, I'm not, because you are. If it lands that way with someone, that is exactly what is happening. And abuse Mm. is ugly. It shows up in so many ways. I am a push-through type of woman. um, I don't realize that I'm being abused or that abuse is happening until after it's happened to me. So my mourning process sometimes, like, is delayed because of the fact that, life is taking place, right? But that does not mean that my abuser was not abusive to me and that I don't recognize that their abuse um, was real and present in my relationship or, or in our relationship. And it's not acceptable. Like, people don't realize that intimate partner violence is happening. When you're checking people's phone, when you're hacking into their phone, that's violent. That's a lack of insecurities, and the problem is you. Like, if they cheating and you're still with them, let it go. You can't, like, control their narrative. People are human beings, and they get to do what they want. And they get to, like, write agency and, like, do whatever their body and as a human being they want to do. You don't control anyone, and that is a big issue. So many people want control over people, and it it turns into violence. And it shows up all kind of ways, every kind of way. Right. Right. It can show up in... In, in your partner, it can show up in transistor to transistor because like like let's be real, let's talk about it. In the community, there are a lot of people walking around abusing people, and it's not necessarily yeah. going up and beating up upside the head. I'm not talking physical abuse, but just being either verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, mentally abusive. There is a lot of people walking around doing it, and then these are the same people who are calling out others who are being abusive as well. Right, and the thing is, is like, this is like sin. Like, one sin is okay, but the other sin isn't, right? Abuse is abuse, right. and it's hard because, like, we don't know, how, like, we know that our community use a lot, uses a lot of terminology, right? But, like, one of the thing, things is, is that you don't get the right to tell someone that they're not being abused when they're telling you that they are, and so many people are walking around doing this. The violence, the internal violence, just for, like, leading this conference that I experienced from trans people was, like, a lot. It, 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 the good thing about it was T-Rock and the sisterhood that we built. Shout out to T-Rock. Shout out to Shout the out. support. Shout out to the way and the support that they showed up for me. But, like, the violence not only from the nonprofit, but the other violence from other trans people who – if they didn't want my job, did not think that I qualified to do my job. And for the record, I did my job. So, like, with that being said, 
We have to watch that. Like, you have to that's realize important. that you're that's hurting important people. That's important to say. Because, you know, the folks, yeah. so they're going to try to spin the narrative. Oh, she was an angry black trans woman. Oh, we had to get rid of her. Oh, da, da, da. no, bitch. Sammy Joe was motherfucking right. Olivia Pope. Right, Olivia Pope, and let's not try to spin the narrative. And that's the thing, like, you know, like, the tabloids are definitely going to handle it the way that they want to. But, like, one thing you can never say is that, and, you know, we don't, like, we definitely don't feed into the tabloids, but, like, the job was done. And not only my, like, elders have acknowledged it, my community has acknowledged it, and I know wholeheartedly that I did a job that I loved that did so much for our community, and it can't ever be erased. The fact that a trans woman of color actually could lead a conference that had over 5,000 attendees, not only lead it, but execute it well and organize it and continue to hear and listen to what community's needs were and execute them time and time again. So I say to definitely be in a boss-ass bitch. Yes, I say to that, and it was intentional. This year's conference specifically, the collaboration with the Trans Women of Color Collective was intentional. Can we talk about the concert? Can we talk about the healing spaces? Paid work, not tokenized. Like, People were paid so talk about, for their artistry. So, so wait, let's talk about T-Walk and um, my something that is true and near and dear to my heart and how we got shaded and how our sponsorship was like totally um, benign. Like we were treated like secondhand citizens at this conference this year. And like, I don't have to be silenced because no one signs my paychecks anymore. Like T-Rock was treated like, secondhand citizens. We put together the plenary. We put together a concert in the park. We put together VIP. We are, like, my sisters and the leadership team stepped up in ways that was leaps and bounds over and above their due diligence. And, like, I have to acknowledge, like, we were treated like secondhand citizens. And shame on you for, like, having a a group of women who are like trans women leaders in this community and you not to listen and hear to like hear them. Like that's terrible. And any nonprofit who is not listening to the demographic that you're trying to serve and the population that you are actually seeking, then you are doing a disservice to us. Like stop counting our numbers, stop checking us off at your doors, stop looking for tallies and demographic forms because of the fact that that is not what we do. Like we are here and we are human. We are more than a number or your next grant. Like definitely respect us. And I am glad that the ties are broken in this in this situation. But I won't sit up here and say that it was not um, hard to do. And I won't say that it took T-Walk through a lot. Like, we had to really collectively get back together and re-heal again because of the fact that, like, we were shaded and disrespected the whole entire fucking conference. And as the leader and the face of the conference, like, that should have never happened. Never. So, like, there's much work to be done. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Let's take a phone call. Uh, The last four... Yes, the last four of your digits is 2098, 
2098. Hello, you're on the Kitty Bella Show live. Hey, it's Yaya. Hi, Yaya. Oh, my God, Yaya. How are y'all? We're good. How are you? Uh, I'm wrapping up at work now, but um, no, I just wanted to call in the firm, folks, and just say, hey, I'm listening. I kind of got on late because I've been really busy, but um, just want to, like, really, like, affirm just all of what, like, everybody Mm -hmm. is saying. And I just really wanted to just, like, really want to affirm to you watching, like, you know, really, like, getting it together. Um, and, like, really, like, I'm really, like, proud, like, really inspired by the work that, like, T-Walk is doing right now. Um, yeah. I sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. How are you? Yes. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm getting ready to, I'm actually, like, moving um, just from two, like, jobs right now to one. Um, I'll be working for University of Michigan studying next uh, like in a couple yes! weeks. Congratulations. I'll also be uh, going to Scotland in October uh, with Juliana Huxtable for a conference. Um, we're gonna they be don't performing. want you to win. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. She's winning. Right. Key alert. But, uh, Key alert. <laughs> Oh my God! Go ahead, go ahead, read. But yeah, just, um, I'm just really excited for like just the new things, especially with um what Transits of the Color Project is doing here in um Detroit with Bree Campbell, and so we're like, really shout excited. Yeah, shout out to yeah. my girl Bree. Um, we're just really like gearing up to do some really great work next year. Um, so some of the things that I'm going through, um. Um, okay. manifesting and so but yeah okay. I just really wanted to say hey um and it's great to hear y'all voices and I'm I'm so happy that the Kitty Bella show is coming back and that you're back Yay! and like I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to the great like topics and all I'm, I'm living for your blog post girl oh uh, thank you thank you so much thank you for that love baby oh my god talk to you later boo boo Oh my God, that was so amazing! I love yeah, y'all. Yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing trans woman. Can I can I just this say shout out to all? Can I say shout out to all of the dope ass, like definitely positive right. trans women that are doing the work? Like shout out to both our callers being like great in this movement and like instrumental to this Boy. right now. Boy. Like shout out to T Rock. Like not only do we like. We do we live like openly in public, like we um continue to hear the needs of what we need and what we want, and continue to not let anyone deter us from that. Nope, so like, not nope. out, like, nope. And, and you can say what you want, how rough the start was, if it's true, if it ain't true, like, what is it, what isn't happening, but we own our shit, and like all of it, like, and we clean up our own messes and continue to work positively right. and embrace important right. to each other and, like, 
And there are many days that our group chats and our texts, like, have saved right. my day and my life. So I share to group texts from T.Y. Yes, yes. Oh, my God, I live for it. Yes, shout out to the leadership team. Shout out to Dane. Shout out to Venus. Shout out to Lord Hunter. We love you. We send you protection. And shout out to all the dope children of color. Right, Vanessa Gonzalez. Oh my God, yes. Oh my gosh, I was about to say Vanessa Gonzalez. Ah! Oh, <laughs> Vanessa, Vanessa Gonzalez. <laughs> shout out to our retreat coming oh up in God. two weeks. Yes, yes, yes. T-Walk will be going on a retreat in two weeks. We are going to turn up. Yes. Oh my God, thank you. I'm so excited. To be okay. Right. Oh my God, that's going to be amazing. Okay. Um, back to the book though. Okay, let's get back to it. Right. I have a few more questions. We're almost done here, but I just have a few more. On page 125, you talk about a very important topic that trans women of color often have to navigate. Um, Where should I start? I'll start here. I knew this was temporary, and I was here for the moment. God has something better in line for me. I told myself that all the time. Before I got into a life of success and rightful living, I was taken on a roller coaster ride of mind-blowing, unreal, can't-be-made-up situations. Just like any job, you are excited about the coworkers, the hours, and, of course, the money. I was young and naive. It looked so good to have thousands of dollars placed in my hand every night. The money allowed me to finance my surgeries and walk into the demands of my womanhood. As the days and nights all became a blur, I had vivid memories of my most horrific, life-changing moments that have made me who I am today. I didn't know what was worse, the HIV scare that had me and other girls talking about the guys that were running around, poking holes in condoms before you have a sexual encounter with them so that you could contract HIV. That was some twisted stuff to me and started to show me that this world is crueler than I thought. Or was it being robbed at the workplace to having a guy high off of ecstasy playing Russian roulette with a gun to my head while I was bent over front of an all-black Toyota? I prayed to God not to let me die on that night. Oh, my God, girl. You talk about the threat. We talk about sex work and the real threat sex workers face. And... It's interesting because we just finished talking about being bosses and how amazing and dope we are. But the reality is there are a lot of us out here who are still having to navigate survival work. And so how do you get to this place of being, having to survive and then having to overcome that, overcome the trauma, overcome the, the abuse from family, from lovers, from society, from the workforce? and to be in the place that you are today. So, like, definitely shout out to um, all of the, the sex workers and sex positive people who shout I, out. I get to share space with often, right? Um, one of the things is that sex work is so shamed, and not only is it, like, belittled and, like, put on such a, a disbelief, like, we've been looked at as fantasies for so long um, by these men that lure us, that we continue to control our narrative, and we charge you for the fantasy that you alluded, right? So, like, 
fair exchange ain't no rivalry. You keep fantasizing about us and give us this coin. So definitely shout out to that. But like navigating this sex work life, um, and navigating the safety of of being um able to pay your bills and eat. Like this is survival. Like there are right. so many intelligent I mean, intelligent women of color who happen to be trans, but because their birth certificates don't match, or because their IDs don't, or because of the fact that they are not deemed passing in the eyes of judgmental-ass people, that they are forced into surviving. Like, when you're put out and you have nowhere to turn to, you can't couch surf. You got too much makeup on. You gonna get the neighborhood shot up. You gonna get the house pointed at. Like you can't dress. Like all of these things that we have to navigate these spaces through. That like we still have to survive. Like and willing to work. This is the form of work that like a lot of my sisters and a lot of people that I know and my brothers have to now like survive with. Like. When your stomach, when you're hungry, like, you have to eat. You know what I mean? You have to have shelter. Right. And we've been robbed from the bare necessities in life for so long. You begin to take agency and you continue to condition yourselves to make sure that you win. And however, at whatever cost, you win. And being a trans woman of color or being a trans person, you have to to make sure that you win. And sometimes winning looks like survival. So that is like real shit. And that's what we have to face in in the world today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you feel up to taking another phone call? I do. The people are here. Let's see who else is out here. They are. Yes. I love the energy. Um, The last four is... Zero three eight six. Oh, that's not. No, I don't think that was Sharon. Zero three eight six. Hello, you're on the Kitty Bella Live. Hello, did you want to talk? Zero three eight six. Last four. Okay, maybe not. We'll move on. Next caller. Last four is four four two five. Your last four of your phone number is 4425. Hello, you're on the Kitty Bella Show Live. I know that number. Oh, and they hung up. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, who was that? They hung up as soon as I clicked the one. I can't. Who was eavesdropping? Uh I know that number. Shout out to Atlantic City, my hometown. (laughs) <laughs> I can't oh I'm my good God. with numbers I'm so good with numbers And their number has been the same forever Shout out Like definitely I definitely think I hit that one on that That's hill. the way I wish it was, oh, I wish it was for a thousand dollars I can't Oh my God Shout out to AC for showing up Um, What else Where was I Um so you discuss also in the book how I know we talked about the Mazzoni Center and and everything that's gone on with them and like you did also talk about how you first started hormones there and you started trans, you know medically transitioning there 
But then you went on to coordinate the conference, and now you sort of, you know, you have this um, this definitely bad ending with them with the firing. And so, like, what is now the future? You, it seems like your life has definitely moved in sort of this trajectory and ebb and flow. What, what is the future now for Samantha Joe? Wow, let's talk about the future. So if anyone knows yes. me, they know that I, I love makeup has been, been a therapy of mine forever. Um, not only is it therapeutic for me, um, it is taking me to the West Coast. Um, I will be relocating in less than 24 hours to the West Coast um, to continue my career in makeup. Um, the universe, Mother Goddess, has uh, opened up many doors for me. Um, and with that being said, uh, I am definitely continuing to do what I love. Um, activism is still in my heart. Um, I always want to help and definitely make sure that people are well. I just will not be doing it um, with the agency that will have profit or um, ownership over my words or my language or my vision. So, like, I will definitely be all around everywhere that I need to be, um, definitely that my schedule will allow. But um, I am continuing to make me happy. And in making me happy, I am going back into makeup full time. Um, So, yeah. You talk about that. Yeah, you talk about that in your book, right? You talk about that in your book. I didn't really delve into the passages, but you did talk about how you started out in makeup and stuff. What has makeup? What role has uh, being a makeup artist played in your life? Um, it has played the role of attention to detail. It has allowed me mm. to um, sit people in my chair or be able to be compassionate with people. I have uh, mm. a full face is about, like, 45 minutes. Like, if you're really good, like, right. let's push 30 minutes, 35, four right. lashes, full right. face, like, 27 steps. Right. And what happens is you get to meet someone on an intimate level that's, like, calming and relaxing, and, like, everyone is beautiful. So all you're doing is enhancing that. But if you're a real hairstylist or if you are someone who has an intimate setting with someone, like, you got my hands all in your face, like, I'm all, like, boobs sometimes, like, touching, we, like, mouth face to face, like, I get to get into you. And, like, that is a very intimate moment, and it has been life-changing for many people so it's not just oh you look pretty but it's the other things that come along with that the other steps that are being taken and I love that thought and that process and it's like really therapeutic to me to know that I get to individually one-on-one touch so many people so yes and you're going to the west coast what oh my god what can you share about that I'm so excited for that I can share that um, I still need help getting to the West Coast, and my GoFundMe oh. will be up for, like, so if you want to pour into um, me relocating, then definitely do that. Um, my GoFundMe will be at the end of this link. Like, moving is definitely a cost. Um, Hope After 20 will still be run by Coastal. Um, we will definitely be all over the place. We still have three authors that will be published, and I'm continuing to move in a happy space. Like, I'm not sad that I left a nonprofit. Um, I've done well, and I'm excited to see what the next chapter has to bring for me. So, yes. 
speaking of next chapter, can you tell us about the next series? Can you tell us about the series that Shattered Perfect is a part of and tell us about the next work that's coming in this series titled, um, where is it that I had it here, Putting the Pieces Together? So and plug, plug the book and all that. Right. Okay, so let's plug the book. The Shadow Perfect is a part of a three-part series called the the Mirror Series. And what it is is um, basically walking you through what has what people would consider to be touring. I was so raw in this book, and I was so, like, vivid because I needed you to come with me and go with what I had mm. to endure, right? And, like, Take a walk. all that I endured – take a walk with me, but, like, it has not stopped me from not only um, achieving everything that I ever set my mind to exceedingly well, but allowing me to still be happy um, within myself. So, like, now that, like, I'm shattered, I have to now put the pieces back together, and that's the second book, and it will start to tell you how um, I decipher what is healthy and what is unhealthy. It will allow you to say what friendships that I've kept and I haven't I kept. It will allow me to talk about um, protecting yourself. And when I say protecting yourself, I mean all of you. Protecting yourself from energy. Like people are like, oh, Samantha, you don't talk to me anymore. I protect myself from people sometimes. Um, And I'm not saying that I don't love them, just sometimes it has to be from afar. And in protecting yourself and not losing yourself, you have to do these things. So the second book will be um, how I start to apply these lessons and when I started to think about it. And the third book is Samantha Joe Whole Again. And that will tell you um, about healthy living, about better choices, about um, breathing exercises and uh keeping support systems around you that um, can give you hard love and allowing you to, like, holistically, wholly show up in a way that is, like, true to who you are, what your purpose is, and where you're going in life. So um, the Mirror Series is definitely um, something to look out for. And my next book should definitely be out at the beginning of 2017, I want to say. Absolutely. Where can folks purchase your book, Shattered Perfect? Shattered Perfect is available on Amazon. It's available at Barnes & Noble, and it's also available um, at Hope After 20 at gmail.com. And- Our website is being worked on right now. So, like, um, you can definitely follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, and we'll definitely make sure that you get a copy for sure. So shout what is out your Twitter to handle? all the plugs. My Twitter handle is Samantha Joe MUA. MUA stands for makeup artist. Ashe. And if folks Ashe. are interested in becoming a writer and joining um, Hope After 20, should they contact you and Hope After 20 as well? They definitely can contact me or like uh, our website is being. Or Cashmere. Uh, we have a Facebook. We have a Facebook. You can also contact um, my co-owner, author Cashmere, who's really great at attention to details like that. So um, wherever you Shout go, out to you'll Virgo. be received. <laughs> Shout out to Virgo. Wherever you go, Speaking you'll be of received. Which, like, I need a check. Yes. <laughs> Right, because I've been slacking, but hopefully with this retreat, I'll actually I might have some time to 
work on my memoir. Shout out to Hope After 20. Um, we should be hopefully releasing my memoir soon. <laughs> I was shout out to already being plugged. Shout out to authors that are coming out. Uh, shout out to Armani and Jay, who is definitely um, yes. has some work coming out before the end of the year. Um, and Katrina, like, we are already still working. There's We're much work it. to be done. Right. So, like, there Ashay, is there any final thoughts you want to share with our audience? Yes. Um, as a person, like, don't live in your mistakes and don't ever lie to yourself. Always be true to who you are and do what feels good to you and what's right um, in front of you and behind closed doors. So, audience, definitely be good to yourself because I'm going to continue being good to me, and I love you all. Thank you for joining us again. Kitty Bella, thank you for having me, Goddess. And I can't wait Goddess, to get I in love your you. uh, presence. I love you too. I can't wait to hold you. Yes, I love you too, yes. Love you, boo-boo. Oh, my God, that was so amazing. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Please like our Facebook page. Share our page. Please send me your questions, comments, concerns. Well, I really don't give a fuck about your concerns. But, you know, <laughs> send me your questions and comments. Please check out any of our over 35 podcasted shows. Yes, a trans black woman has over 35 podcasted shows with artists, with writers, with entrepreneurs, with boss bitches, with entertainers, with leaders, with academics. This is what it's about. Please feel free to keep our show afloat. I don't get paid for doing this. I don't get paid for pouring my my energy into this. So please, any small amount or large, um, via PayPal is welcome at kittyjoy2011 at gmail.com. Or you can check out my webpage at kittybellalive.com. And feel free to check out my blog, which Yaya, the one of the callers, thank you, Yaya, for shouting out my blog. It's definitely been a long journey to get the blog up and running. And I'm getting a lot of positive feedback from it. And I'm just, I'm just trying to be as open and as transparent as possible with everything in my life. And the blog is definitely helping to do that, to help my li- help me live my most authentic self. Next week, we will be welcoming artist Jamal T. Lewis to discuss their groundbreaking, groundbreaking documentary, No Fat, No Femmes. Join us. It's going to be a great show. In the meanwhile, carve out time for yourself. Practice self-care. Unplug if you must. And remember to always. Always pay it forward. Lots of love. Always. We're going to end the show with Sydney Chase's song. Thank you, Sydney.